Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job has a special Christmas message about the master plan of God. 700 years before Jesus was born, 700 years before the Roman Empire was even conquering the world, 700 years before Isaiah has this vision, this prophetic insight, this inspired by God, and he says there'll be a virgin, and she'll give birth to a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Merry Christmas and welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Mark, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and all our listeners. If we don't get a chance to say that on Christmas Day, which we probably won't, <laughs> we want to say a Merry Christmas. We really hope that you will make Jesus the center of your celebration. Today we're talking about arrivals, those moments of anticipation that lead up to a very special delivery, huh? Oh, I think this message is going to set us up for our worship at Christmas, and this weekend in a phenomenal way. All right, well, let's get started. Without further ado, here's Mark and his message simply titled, Arrivals. Some of you are Amazon junkies. We have a special 12-step support recovery group for you (laughs) to try to get you off of your Amazon uh, addiction. But isn't it true that when you order a package and it says three-day delivery or if you're Amazon Prime, free delivery, that it says in 24 hours and you're already 12 hours into it, checking your front door. Is it there? Is it there? Is it coming? Two reasons you're checking. One, to make sure it's there. Number two, make sure a neighbor doesn't take it. But if it's only a few hours later, you're like, what's going on? Is this happening? And you go into sort of this little fit of rage, like my package, where is it? Because you're a bit of an Amazon junkie waiting for arrivals. It's difficult to wait, isn't it? When you have an expectation that something is coming, you have this anticipation that it's around the corner. You know that it's coming, but waiting is difficult for that arrival. I'll never forget When I first uh, started here pastoring at the church, I was 21 years old, and we were growing, got married, and uh, my wife and I were super busy, but soon after getting married, we started, a couple years into uh, being married, we started thinking, it would be nice to have a child, a baby, my wife more than I, and she, about three years into it, she was like, I really want a baby. I said, hey, I'm trying, I'd be happy to participate, but the baby just was not coming, And so we kept praying, kept believing, and uh, finally she was like, let's just have the elders pray for us. So we actually had our elder team come and lay hands on us, and we said, we desire a baby. The baby's not coming. Would you pray for us? And about three weeks later, we found out she was pregnant. Yeah. And so then the clock starts ticking. People start asking you, when are you pregnant? Do. Why? Because there's an arrival date that you are anticipating. There's an arrival. This this package, so to speak, is going to change your life. Nine months later, and so we prepared for it. Um, Back in the day, I actually went to a class with my wife in preparation for that arrival. It was called the Lamaze class, and we actually 
I was like, hey, is this necessary? I'm not going to deliver the baby. Isn't there a doctor going to be there? Why do I have to go through the class? She said, come on. So I went, and we're actually acting, you know, they give me a little doll, and so I'm acting like I'm bringing the doll out and how to hold it. And at the end of this course, I got a T-shirt that said, coach. So when the day came, she started having contractions. I was like, put on my coach t-shirt. Don't worry, babe, I got it. I'm a coach. <laughs> I've been to three hours of classes. I know how to handle a pregnancy. And so I was rubbing her back, doing all the things they taught me to do, thinking we're okay. I was in the living room. She was in the bedroom, sort of getting her stuff together. And then I heard this scream come from the bedroom. And I said, honey, are you okay? She said, no. I said, what's going on? She said, I think I broke my back. I said, no, it's just contraction. She said, I think I broke my back. And I said, maybe you did. <laughs> she was having back labor. So then we got in the car and we're rushing to get down to Apprentice Hospital downtown for the birth of our baby. My dad is driving. He's real happy. He can go through red uh, stop signs and speed a little bit. I'm in the back. She's going through contraction. She's crying. She's holding my hand. She's looking at me. She's leaving her fingernail prints in my hands very deeply. And she looks at me and she says, Mark, why is God letting this happen to me? I wanted to say we prayed about it for a couple of years. It's an answer to prayer. The theologian part of me wanted to say, well, you know, back in Genesis, the curse was that you'd have uh, pain and child. But I looked at her and common sense got a hold of me and I said, I don't know why he's letting this happen to you. <laughs> we got to the hospital, went up there. I thought a baby was coming right away. I'm like, hey, is the baby coming? 28 hours later. That's a lot of pushing. But when the baby arrived, we thought it was a, a boy. They had kind of told us it was a boy. We wanted to be surprised. And lo and behold, it was my daughter, Marissa. But when the arrival came, I remember holding that baby and thinking, wow, this is what we've prayed for, longed for. This is a beautiful arrival. Arrivals aren't always easy. It's difficult if you're in a waiting period right now and you have this sense that an answer to prayer is coming. If you have a sense that God has a plan that hasn't yet manifest itself and you're in the middle of waiting, it may be a job, it may be a spouse, it may be a, a change of some sort, but you're in the middle of waiting, you, kept, you keep checking and it feels like the arrival is not coming. It can be difficult. It tests your patience. But here's what I want you to know today. I want you to know that God has a master plan. And although you may not see the arrival, God has known way in advance the perfect timing. I want to apply that a little bit to the Christmas message because I do believe that some of us don't fully grasp what we celebrate on December 25th. In fact, I'm pretty convinced that by and large, as Americans, we celebrate a fairly shallow version of Christmas. In fact, I would dare to say even as believers, we, we don't fully understand or grasp God's master plan when it comes to Christmas. And I want to talk to you a little bit about God's master plan 
in when it comes to arrival, because I, I'm not even sure a lot of us as believers even understand the depth, the power, the planning, the significance of what happened in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. So I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. The Apostle Paul is writing to a church in the city of Galatia, and the book happens to be the book of Galatians. In chapter 4, he turns their attention to, well, he turns their attention to the reason that Jesus came. And I want you to notice what he says in chapter 4, verse 4. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive, get this, the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, so that you know are, are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. As it relates to Christmas story, I want you to see the bigger picture of God's master plan because we miss it. And so as you think of God's master plan, I'm going to jump through a lot of scripture here. Hold on, I'm going to go fast and furious, so tighten your belt because this is not going to be a nice little sprinkly feel good message. We're going to go through some uh, we're going to go through some theology here. By the way, theology is the study of God, and I think you need to get the study of God right to understand the Christmas message. Are you with me today? Okay. All right. Let's talk about God's master timing first. In God's master plan, there is God's master timing. The first phrase of Galatians chapter 4 says, but when the fullness of time had come. When the fullness of time had come, when the proper time was there, have you ever asked yourself, why did Jesus come 2,000 years ago when he came? Our calendar is based on the coming of Jesus. There is B.C. and there is A.D. Marked by this significant event that altered our calendar, the birth of Jesus. Why didn't Jesus come 4,000 years ago? Why didn't Jesus come 100 years ago? Hey, why didn't Jesus come last year or this year? Why was it 2,000 years ago that Jesus came? Let me take a look at that for a moment because I believe it refers to God's master plan. In the Greek, the New Testament was written in the Greek language. It says, but when the fullness of chronos is the word used in the Greek. When the fullness of time, that word time is uh, the word chronos in the Greek. There's two words in the Greek to describe time. There's the word kairos and there's the word chronos. Kairos has to do with the moment, a window of opportunity that opens and closes. In other words, hey, this is the opportune moment. Chronos, we get our word chronology from that. Our calendar is based on it. It's a sequential event of dates. In other words, when the fullness of chronology had come, meaning 
that God, this was not a window that God chose to jump through. This was a pre-planned event in God's calendar. When the months and years had come, when the days and hours had come, when the pre-planned time in God's calendar finally arrived, that's what it's telling us, when the fullness of time, of Kronos, had come, then God sent His Son. Now, when you talk about fullness, when the perfect or the complete time had come, you have to ask yourself, well, why was that the perfect timing? And I don't have a lot of time to get into it in this message, but theologians, historians, and scholars basically believe that this was the ideal time for the coming of Jesus because of three important factors. Roman peace, Greek language, and Hebrew prophecy. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, a special Christmas lesson titled Arrivals. And there's more just ahead, so don't go anywhere. And Mark, with Christmas coming this weekend, I think everyone will want to hear our Bold Steps weekend message you've planned for us. Yes, and so this Bold Step weekend's message, which is different than what we preach throughout the week, Mm -hmm. is entitled Emmanuel, which means, as most of our listeners know, God with us. God (laughs) with us. Out of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it will prepare us in a great way. For Christmas. So that's coming up this weekend on many of these same stations, and you can also listen online at boldstepsweekend.org. Listen for Mark's message, Emmanuel, God with us. All right, well, we're not to Christmas yet, so let's continue with today's message titled Arrivals. Here again is Mark Job. Those of you that know a little bit about history know that the Roman Empire ruled the world for almost 900 years. During that time, what the Romans would do, they would go and conquer areas of the world led by the emperor who had a lot of power in those days. They would conquer areas of the world and they would establish their dominance, but they would let those people more or less rule themselves. That's what happened during the times of Jesus. Do you remember that when they wanted to crucify Jesus, they had to go to whom? Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was a Roman governor assigned to oversee the area of Judea. They couldn't just go to the uh, Jewish rulers. They had to go to the Roman emissary that was there to get uh, full permission to crucify Jesus because Rome conquered the world. Now, but the other thing that Rome did is that everywhere that Rome went, They built roads. Have you ever heard the expression, every road leads to Rome? Well, that's an old uh, saying because the Romans built roads all over their known empire. I grew up in Spain, and there are many, many bridges, aqueducts, roads that they'll say, hey, this was built by the Romans 800 years ago, 900 years ago, and so we still have bridges that were built by the Romans. The Romans were master engineers in building a road system that made the early world a place where things could travel fairly peacefully around the world. That was new, which allowed the coming of Jesus during that time when Jesus came 
and spread the gospel of the good news, all his apostles and early followers were able to go all over the world much more freely to spread the good news because there was Roman peace and a Roman system. Secondly, uh, scholars point to the fact that Jesus came during that time because of the Greek language. Some of you have heard of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great basically conquered the world before the Romans did and did, I'm getting into some history here, he Hellenized the world, which means that he brought the Greek culture to the world and in particular the Greek language. Have you ever wondered why the New Testament was written in Greek? Uh, once in a while, you'll hear me say, the Greek language says, and I'm referring to the Greek language, not Greece, uh, as in we know the country of Greece. This is classical Greek, but the, the New Testament, Matthew through Revelation, were written in the Greek language because the Greek classical language in that day was the language of the empire. It was pretty much the trade language, even if you weren't Roman, or even if you weren't part of the uh, Greek culture, you understood Greek like a lot of people understand English today. So when the gospel spread in the early days, there was a common language that pretty much everybody understood. It was classical Greek. So you have the Roman peace, you have the Greek language, and thirdly, you have Hebrew prophecy. Some of you may or may not know this, but... When Jesus came, people were anticipating a Messiah. Why? Because there had been prophecy after prophecy after prophecy pointing to the coming of a Messiah. In fact, the Jewish people were even more in greater anticipation of a Jewish Messiah because they were being oppressed by the Romans and they thought that the Messiah would liberate them from the Romans and establish a kingdom here on earth, but instead the Messiah was about to establish a spiritual kingdom. But do you realize that there is hundreds, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament predicting the coming of Jesus? Daniel, for example, 500 years before Jesus is born, predicts the time, the exact time, of the birth of the Messiah. 500 years. There's a counting. You can read it in the book of Daniel, 70 days this, these kind of weeks, this many years. And it predicts the exact timing of the coming of the Messiah. So there was an awareness in the Hebrew culture that the Messiah is coming and it's going to be pretty soon. A Greek language, Roman peace, Hebrew prophecy. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us any of that. This is just from a human perspective and a scholarly perspective looking at why Jesus came 2,000 years ago. But what the Bible does tell us is that his birth was pre-planned from the beginning of creation. Hear me well. You say, well, some people say, well, the New Testament talks about Jesus, but the Old Testament doesn't talk about Jesus, right? Oh, no, you're wrong. The Old Testament is full of predictions that a Messiah is coming. The date, the place, the lineage, the name, it's found in the Old Testament hundreds of years before Jesus came. The very first mention of Jesus or a Savior coming 
It's kind of coded and hidden a little bit in language, but it's very clear that it's speaking about Jesus. In Genesis chapter 3, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Genesis means beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, listen, it says, God speaking or the angel speaking to the serpent, Satan, says, and I will put enmity, which means I will put an adversarial relationship between you, listen, and the woman. What woman? And between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. What woman? And who is it that's going to crush the head of the serpent? Aha. He doesn't say, and you and the seed of man. He says, you and the woman. There was one man that was born of only a woman. Bypassing the seed of a man. You see, the bloodline is determined through the male. And this woman conceived a child without the intervention or interaction or sexual intercourse with a man. Isaiah would go on to explain it later on. And this man that was born only of a woman, not of a man, would end up crushing the head of the serpent. Oh, the serpent would strike his heel, but he would crush his head. A prediction of Jesus. Way back in the book of Genesis. In fact, it was Isaiah the prophet a few hundred years later, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. How many years? 700 years before Jesus is born. The prophet Isaiah, filled with the Spirit, a divine revelation came over him. Inspired by the Spirit of God. Man couldn't have revealed this. He couldn't have conceived of this. But inspired by the Spirit, this vision that came upon him, Isaiah says, listen, Isaiah says, and the Lord himself, will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. 700 years before Jesus was born, 700 years before people were talking about it, 700 years before the Roman Empire was even conquering the world, 700 years before Isaiah has this vision, this prophetic insight, this inspired by God, and he says there'll be a virgin, and she'll give birth to a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. You see, what I want you to understand is that the birth of Jesus was not the birth of a Galilean peasant that happened to give inspirational words to an oppressed people who never traveled 60 miles from his birthplace. No, the birth of Jesus, the, the Messiah, the one that would be called Emmanuel, it was pre-planned from before the creation of the world. It was predicted. There were signs. There was elements cast in our way. There were subtle hints. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The arrival is coming. We will continue this message when we return Monday for Bold Steps with Mark Job. But before we head into the Christmas weekend, we want to remind you there's still time to request our special Christmas devotional we're offering. Mark, it's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. Yes, I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's a little booklet by Asherita Chuchu that focuses on the names given to Jesus that have 
profound significance, and it's really meant to be a, a devotional type book where you can just every day read one of the names of Jesus, and we would love to get this in your hands. Unless you think this is just a Christmas book, of course it is, but it's much more than that. So ask for your copy of this, The Bold Action Gift, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. We have a moment, so let's hear from the author herself. Here's Asherita. My my brother just recently um, married his sweetheart, and you know how a newly engaged woman just kind of twirls her diamonds, like her, her engagement <laughs> ring, and they look at that and they think, you know, it's like twirling that brilliant cut diamond in the sunlight. Um, each name of Jesus leads to the many facets of his character. Each each one is beautiful on its own, but when they come together, they comprise this breathtaking picture of the Son of God mean man for us. And, and that's really, I just love them all together. <laughs> yeah, I love that imagery of twirling a diamond in the sunlight and watching Catching it all the facets, yeah. The names of Jesus. And uh, Wayne, we would love to get this book into our listeners' hands, and they can do so by going to boldstepsradio.org or just calling us at 844-615-7363. It really is a great book for the season. Thank you, Mark. Today, Mark closed out our Christmas message titled Arrivals, and you can listen to this message again or share it with a friend anytime by going to boldstepsradio.org. Or for even easier listening on the go, have you subscribed to our podcast on your phone or mobile device? Take these Bible lessons with you while you're out for a walk or maybe on a Christmas road trip. Just open up the podcast on your smart device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Jones. And on behalf of everyone at Bold Steps, once again, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you on the other side when we return for part two of our message, Arrivals, coming up Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.